0: Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us again from Launceston. Welcome, David. Hi Jason, good to hear from you. Good to have you here and it's, uh, I don't know, is this my first program with you or second uh, this year maybe? This year I think it might be the second. Yeah, second one. So uh, it's good to be back with you today and uh, you're continuing your series today called Are You Listening? So I'm looking forward to doing another one. And we hope everyone is. Yes, we do hope you're listening today. (laughs) That's the purpose of radio. Um, You can't be watching it, so you've got to be listening. (laughs) Mm. So we hope you're tuned in and uh, listening to what uh, David's prepared today. And uh, David, I know that each week as you've been doing these uh, programs, you share a proverb. And Proverbs is a fascinating book. I I love it. Some of them are quite humorous, some of the proverbs. Mm. but. You've got a, a, a proverb today that you'll be sharing as well. Yes, I do.
1: It, it's almost a flow on from last week's one. So last week we shared in mm-hmm. Proverbs chapter 3 and Solomon was talking to his son, listen to my son, and listen to me, my son, and uh, it was almost a direction from God. And today we're sort of following on from the same theme but in a separate chapter. In chapter 7 he starts off doing almost identical and he says, My son, this is uh, from New King James, Proverbs 7 1
0: to 4. Maybe you could read it if yeah. you've got it there, James. Yeah, I've got it in front of me. Yeah, it, uh, it's titled here, The Wiles of a Harlot. I'm not sure why that's about anyway. My son, mm. keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart say to wisdom you are my sister and call understanding your nearest kin it's really interesting as
1: he as he talks about this he's talking about writing the instructions mm. uh, on your hands and in a number of other verses in the bible uh, there's this uh, conservative, well, the ultra-conservative Jews actually take it literally, mm. but there's this instruction to write it on your hands or bind it on your hands and write it on your heart or have it between your forehead and, and it, it's a, a way of speaking that says that Solomon is saying to his son and by extension, God is saying to us, uh, make God's words real and meaningful in your lives. Mm. You know, the ultra-conservatives take this very literally, and if you look at them today, you will see they have these black bindings on their hands and they have this little box tied to their head and hanging
0: on their forehead. Ryko R- 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 Celic taught me what that was. It's called a phylactery, I believe, the, uh, Correct. the little box on the forehead that they have.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. And so they're taking it literally uh, and and keeping God's law in those parts of their body that the Bible literally says. But the intent of, of what the Bible is saying here is actually make them part of your life by implementing what God asks, mm. both in what you do, that's your hand, and what you think, that's your mind. Mm. So it has to be part of our everyday lives. And this is especially important today as we speak about our desired characteristics as Christians or followers of God and how it should happen in our lives in a practical way. That's what we really want to talk about today in this, uh, this, this presentation, Reflecting Jesus. Mm, absolutely.
0: Well, it's uh, it's a great series that you've been doing and um, if you'd like to go back and have a listen to all of the programs on this series called Are You Listening? you can do that on our website, faithfm.com.au Just, uh, You can do that on your phone or on your computer and uh, listen to all of our past episodes. You can go to the Listen menu and the programs and podcasts and you can find Are You Listening? Or you can also find our Tassie Encounters show there as well and they'll be on there as well. So uh, do that or you can download the Faith FM Australia app on your phone or tablet. That's another easy way to listen to all of our past episodes. You can also listen live on those uh, platforms as well. If your radio is not so reliable for some reason, you can listen to that on your phone wherever you are and wherever you've got a mobile connection. So, uh, David, today's title is called Reflecting Jesus. Would you like mm. to give us a bit of an intro to that? Yeah, wouldn't mind. So we've, we've
1: looked at a number of different topics already and we've validated the Bible. We've looked at what God is created uh, and also who he is we've looked last week just to give a recap which links into this one we've looked at this eternal solution that god put in place so mm. the the life death and resurrection of jesus we looked at that and that's very very important and today we're looking at this this uh, reflecting jesus we're seeing how that eternal solution we talked about last week actually affects us personally and when it's lived out in our lives so that's it's a very important topic and i would like to ask a listener question that vaguely relates to this uh, as we as we dig into this topic mm. i would like to ask uh, who is someone you wish to emulate in life and why? Now, we all say Jesus, and I understand that, but I'm saying a physical person who you... A-
0: apart from Jesus, we're saying. Correct. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> someone you look up to, someone who you think you really admire, and you say, you know, I I, I would like to be like that person. Mm. Um, and for me, um, while I'm talking, you can probably think of someone, <clears throat> Jason, but there's this lady that I know of in my life, and I'm not going to name her, don't want to embarrass her on air, but she's a, a, a lady who's quite aged and she's doing very well for her age. And I, I remember a time when I met her and she's just the most beautiful lady. She has a lovely smile. She's got time for everyone, she's really kindly. And she was, when I met her, she was close to her 90s. And so she would get her backpack on. Every day, well, most days of the week, not every day, but most days of the week, she would get a backpack on, put some material in there, and she would go visiting people. Mm -hmm. And she would get on two or three buses to go to the places she wanted to go and see these people. And then she would talk to people on the bus. And I don't know if I'm letting any secrets out of the bag. She would get their first name. She would get their last name, go home and get the phone book and look up their address. (laughs) <laughs> and then she would go and visit them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was just a fascinating lady. And uh, she had a, uh, an exercise book of names of all these people that she'd visited. And I remember saying to her once, I need to get that list so that if anything happens to you, I can keep your work going.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and I, we, we did. We, we did a lot of work with her. But I just remember that people would welcome her at the door even though they were surprised they, that she found their address because she was such an unassuming and beautiful lady that was interested in people. Mm. And I learned so much from her. And i, I that's, that's someone I look forward to meeting in heaven to talk about all the stories that they've had and all the the things that they've shared and the people that they've met. So that's someone I aspire to be like. What about you?
0: yeah well I, there's uh many people but and i try not to to be honest i try not to um put any one person on a pedestal <laughs> so mm. to speak mm. but uh there are many different uh, people that have uh attributes but one one person in particular was one of our our church pastors who uh he wasn't with us for all that long but i do remember he was he was a, a lovely gentleman um but also mm. had a lot of ambition, and and that's often difficult to mix those two things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So some people mm-hmm. who are very ambitious also tend to be a bit aggressive and arrogant <laughs> and you know, mm-hmm. what have you. But he he, he seemed to have um, uh, this uh, pursuit of um, achieving things and and uh, being active and busy. And he he had uh, goals and things, but also at the same time, he was a lovely, gentle and um, mm. kind man, which yeah. uh, mm. you rarely see those two uh, characteristics together. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's good. So that's that's the question for today. Who is someone you wish to
0: emulate in life and why, as well as any other feedback as we go through the program? Mm. So text us in today. This is our show number for Tassie Encounters 0488. 880891. Text us in the answer to this question, who is someone you wish to emulate in your life and why? We'd love to hear from you today. This uh, first song today is called uh, Since Jesus Came by One Glory.
3: Till Jesus came to me, He saw right through my brokenness. Say come follow me and with the brightness of his love beat on my darkness flee. I'm walking in the light of love because now I can see. this name Is all
0: listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on his series Are You Listening? and today's topic is called Reflecting Jesus and before the break we asked you a question who is someone you wish to emulate in life and why? we've just got an answer in and I'll I'll check that shortly Um, but uh, yeah text us in your answer to this question 0488 880891 um, before the break, uh, David, you were sort of explaining that this topic goes on from where you were left off last week. Mm. And uh, you were talking about God's eternal solution through Jesus and, and how that should impact our lives. So uh, let's start off uh, with, I guess, um, where you're going to start today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jason. So what I want to do today is
1: I want to start by looking at our true condition. Then I want to look at what God wants us to be like, and when I finish up today, I'm going to look at uh, how we get from where we are to where God wants us to be. So that's a quick overview of where we're going today. Awesome. Uh, But first what I want to do is read our scripture for the day, Uh, but as always, I'm going to pray, and then I'll get you to read that for us. So let's pray. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open your word today, and as we do, we ask for your understanding through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we're looking again at the same passage we looked at last week. Philippians 2, 5 to 11, New King James this time. And I want to look at the focus of this actual passage as it's written, and we'll get to that later.
0: So could you read that for us, please, Jason? Yeah. So this is Philippians 2, verse 5 to 11 in the New King James. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross."
1: Thanks, Jason. And we often look at those verses as we did last week at the focus of what Jesus is described as in those verses. But the reason Paul is writing it is what we'll come back to in a moment. Mm. So the opening illustration today I want to use is something called The Great Reimagination, and I believe this is a a phrase that the website Good Housekeeping has actually coined themselves. They published an article towards the end of last year called The Transformation Diaries. So you can go to goodhousekeeping.com and you can actually look that up, Transformation Diaries. In this article they outline the amazing transformations that many people have made in light of the recent chaotic changes, as they call it. Uh, of the past few years, and most of us have been affected by that. Mm. They quote Deepak Chopra, and I'm not sure who Deepak Chopra is. I think he's one sure. of these
0: sort of wise uh, guys from uh,
1: from India. India. Yeah, and I think so. That's what it sounds like, too. And he, they quote him as saying, all great changes are preceded by chaos. So they're saying that we've had a chaotic number of years. This is how they're using this saying. And... Great changes are coming out of that. You know, the one is the great resignation. You've heard of that. Mm. And I guess they're coining the reimagination on that, on that phrase that's been used as people say, ah, I don't really like this job. I'm not going to do it anymore Mm. because they're just going to sack me if they don't want me. So they interviewed a number of people and they reported on the big changes that they've made in their life post-COVID. So many of these people interviewed made huge changes in their life uh, because they finally woke up, as they put it, to what was really important in life. You know, the things that really mattered and they decided, I'm going to focus on them. Mm. So some of these things were one lady going back to study in her 60s, which is really unheard of a number of decades ago. Uh, seeking therapy for the first time and starting a podcast was another lady's uh, comment. Another one was paying attention to her mental health and starting life over in a new place. Now, all the, all the first ones I looked at were all ladies. Now, there were some men as well, as you go further down. Another lady said she faced her demons and got sober. So, in demons, inverted commas, but, you know, the problems that she was having in her life. And another one opened her own business and moved into politics. It was another one. Um, so, all of these different things that people did, major life changes. And really, I guess it comes down to when something really matters, we'll make the time and the effort to do what it takes to get it done. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for our physical and spiritual well-being. You know, first we've got to get to the place where we recognize where we are. It's very uh, helpful in our lives to take a bit of time to take stock of where you are and who you are as we go through life. Because if you do that, you actually get a more realistic picture of, well, who you are. Mm. <laughs> and, and then you're able to take this journey. And so we're going to take this journey today of what Jesus wants his followers to be like.
0: I've heard it said, David, that um, it's not until the either the pain gets so much that you, you're forced to do something about it, or you know something happens in life until um, you realise that you can't go on, you know, in the way that you've been going, and, and that then is uh, sufficient motivation to then make a change. It's very true. It's very true. So one of the hardest
1: things for us to accept is that there's anything wrong with us because everyone likes to think we're okay. Mm. So, you know, I think, I'm all good. And Jason, you think, I'm good. Nothing wrong here. Although we're often, as Christians, we're faced with the challenges that we have, and Paul did that as well. We always like to think, though, that someone else has a problem. You know, oh, that person over there, at least I'm not like that, or hey, I don't do those things, and you know, I'm okay. We we compare ourselves to other people. So while I was talking earlier about emulating someone, we don't want to compare ourselves to them and say we're better or worse. That's not always very helpful. But the Bible makes it really, really clear what our true conditions are like. And it says that we have all sinned. So the Bible explains that God's holy and good law points out how far short we come from measuring up to it. That's that's you know you just read some of those things and we'll read a little bit of it later. Uh, Jesus clarifies many parts of this law in Matthew chapter 5. Again, we'll look at a couple of those a bit later on. But he says that one of the reasons he came was to make clear to us what God requires. Unfortunately, the closer we look to that, the closer we we put God's law up there and we read all these things, we see sometimes we cannot measure up to those things or, or we try and we fail, we try and we fail. And it seems sometimes it's almost impossible, this task that God set for us. So Paul actually starts outlining this. At indwelling sin in Romans chapter seven, and he talks about his own battles in this area, and he says that he wants to do what right, what's right, but he finds himself practicing. That means doing and getting better at <laughs> doing the things that are wrong. Mm. Now, if that was a problem for him, he he was he's written a third of our New Testament. Mm. If that was a problem for him, what hope do we have?
0: <laughs> and, and we know that Paul was such a. Um, a- uh, what 's the word a passionate man, even before mm. you know he was passionate about his uh, jewish practices and and now uh, as a as a new um, worker for God, he was a passionate man as well, but he still has this uh struggle yeah, he does he does
1: and and if he was so particular about everything, how is it that he wasn't quite so particular about doing the wrong things? does it mean it's impossible to do it well mm. We'll dig into that. Romans 3.23 actually says uh, this is what the problem is. All have sinned. Mm. And I'll insert, so we fall short of the glory of God. And last week we talked about uh, not being able to come into the glorious brightness of and presence of God, right? And, and that was because clearly here it's reiterated our sinful condition. So we've fallen from God's grace. We're in darkness, as it says in John chapter 1. And so because we're in that darkness, we're, we're, it's part of us. We come into God's presence. We're consumed by his brightness with, on our own. So in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 and 10, it clarifies this all. So some people might like to think, well, that's all those others. Let's have a look at what it says. It says, if we say, verse John 1 and verse 8... If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So this is saying, uh, I've made it. I'm a good person. I mm. don't do anything wrong anymore. Okay, well, you've got to fix the, the, the break from God up as well. But nevertheless, it says if we say we have no sin, we, des- we deceive ourselves. Now, this book is valid until Jesus comes. Mm. So until Jesus comes, and this is no longer necessary, and we are transformed, that verse is true. So, we all have sin. Mm. Then you go to verse 10, and it says, if we say we have not sinned, so you say, well, I don't do things wrong. I've never murdered. I've never killed. I've, I've never uh, stolen. I've never uh, committed adultery. I've never done any of those things. I'm a good person. This verse says that that's not us, because it says if we say that, we make God a liar. Mm. and his truth isn't in us. So these are really, really important. It clarifies the
0: all. Everyone, everyone is included in the all. It's interesting. I I watch... um uh, some little YouTube clips occasionally by I can't remember the name of the guy, but he he goes and talks to people in the street and he goes through this sort of concept and and pe- people start out thinking that they're a good person and then you know he he puts some of the commandments in front of them and then they realise well no they have done those things wrong and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so it seems like uh, in the end um, you know we're all condemned because you know there's we can't none of us really have have kept this. Uh, this law perfectly and say so, um, yeah. it it could be seen as as something discouraging but there's more to it isn't there
1: Oh, yeah, look, there is. And some people take it too far. You know, we have to get real about who we are and what our problems are, but some take it too far Mm. and they talk about original sin. They say Adam and Eve fell. They were guilty of sin. We are guilty of their sin as well. No, that's not actually what the Bible teaches. It teaches that we're separate from God because of Adam and Eve, but we're not guilty of their wrongs unless we do wrongs ourselves. This is why children are not, you know, babies are not guilty of the sin of Adam and Eve. They are born separate from God. They need to be reconnected. Mm. But Ezekiel chapter 18 explains this really, really well. And verse 23 and 32 talks about God doesn't want anyone to die. Mm. But in verses, um, uh, where are we, verse 4 and verse 20, it says the soul who sins will die. Mm. And I think you clarified a verse as well.
0: Yeah, um, it, it's interesting in the, the statement you made about there that um, we're not guilty of Adam and Eve's sin, but it says here in verse 17, and if you read the whole chapter, you get the, mm. the context here, that mm. um, we don't die for the sins of our our parents or uh, the sins of someone else. It, it's, we're only accountable for our own actions. And, and it actually, there's a beautiful verse that says here that if we follow God's things, God's uh, instructions it says, he shall surely live. <laughs> so mm, that's a that's beautiful right. thing. That's right. Mm. So is, there's the state before God
1: separate mm. and there's the guilt before God and they're two different things. And God needed to fix those up. He reconnected us. He dealt with the sin so that we could be reconnected with God. But more on that after the break. Mm.
0: Well, let's uh, go to this break. Our listener question today is, who is someone you wish to emulate in life and why? Why? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 Now, earlier we did get uh, David texting us in from Western Australia, and he says he'd like to emulate Lloyd Grolleman. Now, he's mm. one of our presenters on Faith <laughs> FM, mm. and uh, the reason is because he only wants Scripture, Solar Scripture. Uh, the Word of God, and also apparently he was born in the same year as david, so uh mm. and uh he was a country boy, so there's a lot <laughs> of uh, connections there, so uh mm. thanks David for testing us in and uh if uh, you've got a thought on that, who's someone you'd wish to emulate, do share with us we've got a free book offer coming up as well that number to claim the free book offer is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and also to um Uh, answer our question today. So the book-off is going to be called A Thoughtful Hour and uh, Living the Beatitudes. This is uh, Peace Like a River by page 116.
4: I've got peace like a river I've got peace like a river I've got I
0: by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the series, Are You Listening?, and we've been talking about the topic of reflecting Jesus. And before the break, David, you were saying that um, we've become disconnected from God, Mm. and uh, and as a result, that's caused us to fall into sin. Mm-hmm. But we're only guilty of our own sin. We're not guilty mm. of sins that our parents or our ancestors or Adam and Eve, you know, sinned. Correct. Uh, that put us into a state of sinfulness. But mm. we still are only guilty of our own sin. So, mm. um, and you also reminded us that Jesus sort of came to take away our sin. That was last week's. Um, Program to some extent, and yes. some people say that Jesus came and uh, did away with the commandments, and mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to worry about those anymore. And yet, when He came, He actually raised some of these commandments very explicitly to a mm-hmm. new level. You know, such as the adultery, and and uh, you know He says even if you think things in your heart, you have committed those things, and so. He didn't do away with them, but uh, he raised it to a new level. Why, why do you think he's he's done that? Why does he raise the level for us? Yeah, he, he did raise
1: the bar. And, and look, one of the comments he makes when he talks about this behavioural thing is in Matthew chapter 5, and he says, For I say, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And, and that's a really raising the bar statement. He's mm. saying these guys who would keep 600 law, if you don't do better than them, you're not getting there. And and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. So mm. first, we're going to have a look at this standard a bit, another review against this holy standard, and find where we are, and and then we're going to look at where we should be, <laughs> how we're we going to get there, mm. how we're we going to get there. So we we'll look at forgive and forget is mm. a uh, a really good um, <coughs> way of describing this. You know, some time ago, my brother and I had a falling out. Now. Uh, we made up, we made up, and we forgave each other. But what could have happened if, I wonder, neither of us made any changes in our life after that?
2: Mm.
1: You know, what could have happened was we would have another discussion, we'd have another falling out. Mm. You know, it, it's, it was important that we made changes so that it didn't happen between us again, the same falling out, or go on to happen with someone else and we just repeat this cycle of conflict. So it's one thing to forgive, but it's another thing to actually restore that relationship so that you don't do it again. And so to do that, change has to happen. So when we look at this verse we, we read earlier today, the, the one in Philippians, this is actually what Paul is talking about in here, right? <clears throat> Last week we focused on the extent of what Jesus did, which is really important. However, the whole purpose that Paul writes this section is in verse five. He says, let this mind be in you. Mm which was also in Christ Jesus. So then we focus on what was in Christ Jesus which is important, but many people then don't go away and make the changes or attempt to make the changes that uh, that, that Jesus is telling us to do through this verse. We're actually told to do this. Uh, we're actually told that this is the case. This is the reason, one of the reasons Jesus came and 2 Corinthians 5 18-20 actually outlines this. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, we've looked at this quite a lot. we Talked about God made Jesus to be sin for us. That was really important. But when we back up a little bit and we look in verses uh, 17, 18, 19, now all things are of God in verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So he's made us reconnected with him through Jesus, so you can't do it on your own and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting or imputing their trespasses or sins against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So God's done the reconnecting through Jesus, but he says, now you go off and keep doing that. Mm. Reconnect people to Jesus. Reconnect people to, to God. We mentioned uh, uh Matthew uh, Chapter Five. Matthew chapter Five is one of Jesus' first or the first recorded sermon that Jesus has in Matthew, mm. and some say it was a sermon that was thirty years in the making <laughs> mm-hmm. and and in this sermon, he shocks the audience. He comes out and he really shocks them um saying this. Is what the characteristics will be like of those who belong to the kingdom of God. He says they're going to be poor in spirit, mourning, meek, hungry and thirsting for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, persecuted for his sake. And you look at first century Palestine, you look at the leaders, the Christian leaders, or sorry, the church leaders of their day, they were the opposite of all those things. Almost, mm-hmm. most of them. Mm. But more than this, he gets down to brass tacks. And as you said earlier, he raises the bar. He doesn't take away the law. He raises the bar. He says we also shouldn't hate anyone. Right. So who's who's been
0: able to do that effectively? No. (laughs) We all fall short there. I'm sure we all uh, at times have... uh... (laughs) Experienced that, (laughs)
1: yeah. And Mm. we shouldn't have promiscuous thoughts when with people we're not married to. We live in a promiscuous society. Mm. We are bombarded by sexualized images every single day, multiple times a day. How can we do that? Mm. How can we not think? Promiscuous thoughts and stop our minds from going away. It says we shouldn't divorce our partners except in very exceptional circumstances. You know, mm-hmm. it talks about a break of trust, and we have that happen in many ways today. The break of trust where that can't be reestablished, either through abuse or you know sexual perversions or um, lots of other things. That, that, that can actually happen with. It says, don't make idle oaths or agreement. Where was the last promise you made that you broke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you might think, oh, that was yesterday <laughs> or today, you know. Uh, we, we should do even more for people than what they ask. So many times we say, well, that's all they asked. That I just did what they mm-hmm. asked me to. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, no, go further. Mm-hmm. Double, double mm-hmm. what they asked for. You know, uh, be merciful to our enemies. Love, respect, pray for them. You know, don't pray that they die. Pray, pray that they—you um, know—something good happens. You know, pray that God will reach them. That's that's just uh, nearly impossible to take that stand now. And now these things are foreign to us. But can can you imagine Jesus saying this to people who lived in the first century Palestine, where they lived by the rule of i for eye?
0: Mm. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally against their common way of thinking. And And, and he says if you don't do it, you're not going to heaven. Mm. And that seems like an impossible task for us. So uh, Mm. there's got to be something more to this story. (laughs) And we're going to get to that after the break. Awesome. (laughs) Well, let's have a look at our book offer today. It's called A Thoughtful Hour, book two. I think there's uh, two. Have, have you given away the first one of these before, um, David? Or is this, no, no? I, okay. no, this is the first one.
1: Thoughtful so there are
0: actually two books on this one, and this is book two. So A Thoughtful Hour, book two. Living Libby Attitudes. Imagine standing on the shore of the lake that morning, waiting and watching for Jesus, following him up the hillside. Would, uh, would you sit close by and watch and listen? Would you be hoping to see someone healed? Would you be wishing that Jesus would feed everyone with fish or bread? Uh, or hoping to be in his army when he led the battle against the Romans. Of course, that's what many people thought he was going to do. Mm. Uh, putting ourselves on the scene that day will help us hear the words of Jesus more clearly and understand what they should mean in our lives today. But to do this, we have to take time each day, perhaps a thoughtful hour, reading and studying his word. So this is our book offer today. Do stay tuned and we'll give you the code to claim that book offer right after the break. This is Face to Face by Zach Williams.
2: Oh, I'm a traveler, far from home I get lost, but I press on Cause there's a mansion, and streets are gold Where I belong
5: there's a day
0: Counters on Faith FM. and today we're finishing our prof- our program today with David Maxwell on his series "Are You Listening?" And today's topic has been reflecting Jesus. Before the break, we talked about our book offer. It's called A Thoughtful Hour. This is book two, Living the Beatitudes. And those uh, beatitudes are such wonderful uh, words, but sometimes tricky for us to understand and, and know mm. how to apply them to our lives. So th- I'm sure this book would be a great uh, help to us. Mm. Do text us in a code zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one is the number, and text us in the code listen and the number eight. L I S T E N and the number eight. Text that in to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. David before the break we were looking at how that you know if we don't live up to God's standard uh, and mm. Jesus laid this out for us as well mm. then we won't be part of his kingdom and uh, mm. it reminds me of the rich young ruler in Matthew mm. chapter 19 and uh, he went away sad because Jesus pointed out that he's uh, his love was really of his wealth and material possessions. Mm. And the disciples really wondered, you know, what was going on here because he would have been considered a, an upright man and wealthy, mm. blessed by mm. God. And say, so, and they said, well, um, uh, Jesus said, "It's impossible for a rich man." Or oh, it's it's more likely for uh, you a to be able to man. go through the eye of a needle than a rich man mm. to enter into uh, heaven. So, mm. uh, it, and he said, "It's it's impossible with men, but nothing mm. is impossible with God." So, uh, explain really what that means. There's got to yeah. be a, a solution. Yeah, there has to be. And and look, this
1: it's common thinking in uh, psychiatry and uh, and and brain study thinking when they, when they do neurosurgery and they do um, neurology and they look at the brain, they, they believe the brain is fixed. They say you're, you're a certain way. When you're born you're like this and when you die you're going to be the same. And then there was a book that was written, a psychiatrist book uh, The Man Who Thought His Wife Was a Hat and it simply goes through all of this really technical scientific stuff to to say and to prove you cannot change. I actually had a manager give it to me once. I said no, no, you're not a manager. Well he didn't say that but that's what he was meaning by giving me the book. Mm. And and uh, i found that that was his thinking his thinking is fixed and this parable that you just that you brought out was, was not a parable this story that he was talking about jesus was talking about is very much focused around that jesus mm. is not saying it's possible if you get off your camel and go through a small door and mm. do it yourself he is saying it's impossible to do on your own so mm. jesus never asks us to do the impossible mm if he says that we can do something, there's got to be a way to do it. Otherwise, he's not just or fair. He's setting us up for failure. Mm. And and the Bible contains a solution to being like Christ. Um, as we strive uh, with all our flaws and faults and sin, like I was talking about, that, um, that Paul was talking about. So in Romans chapter 7, Paul gets to the place where he bemoans his sinful state. And he makes this statement. He says, oh, because we're talking about he, he wants to do good, keeps doing bad, and he gets to the point where he says, I know what I am. He says, Oh wretched man that I am, mm. who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he gives the answer. And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's possible, not on our own, it's possible when we, as he says in Romans 13, 14, put on Christ. So when you think about that, And think back to the imagery I used last week about coming into God's presence. We can't come with our faults and our flaws and our our sins alone into God's presence. We have to have a covering so that we can stand before his presence. And that Mm -hmm. covering is Jesus. It's like a beautiful white overcoat. I've seen a picture painted like this that covers up our dirty clothes, our sins, if you like, and makes us presentable to God again. But not only does he do this and promise to cover our past sins, he promises to change us. He promises to change us. And that's a really encouraging promise because in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, there's a cooperation involved here. He says, and do not be conformed to this world. So there's effort to not be conformed to this world. You've got to do something. He says, but be transformed, not on your own, but by the renewing of your mind, and that's something God's promised to do, that you may prove this good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he's promised, if we cooperate between him and the Holy Spirit, that he will change our minds. And now both Paul and James sum up this condition in our overall condition. He sums it up really, really well when he says in uh, chapter 2, verse 8, and nine, that that being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And this is the character that Jesus had, and he says, This is the character that you will have. And in James two, seventeen and twenty he talks about it's not the works. It's not the works that make you saved. Mm. Um, but the works come out naturally when your mind is transformed by God. So he says cooperate with God, and we have to do that. We've got to spend time with him. We've got to make a decision that we want to make time with him. We've got to decide that I don't want to live that old life like Paul said. And we've got to say, I want to live a better life. I acknowledge that you've lifted a high standard, and I cannot do it on my own. So please help me do it. Mm. But then there is effort involved. You know, there is a, a walk. It's a, it's not a run. It's not a crawl. It's a walk. Where we fall, we get back up. We fall, we get back up. In First John two one, uh, John, one of Jesus' closest disciples, says, "I tell you these things about your sin." And in betw- between those two verses, uh, um, John says. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we sin. But if we confess, he is faithful to forgive and cleanse. That's the white coat. And then we can continue on trying again. And John goes on to say, I tell you these things so you don't sin. So there's there's a possibility that we won't keep sinning. It's saying it's the it's the keep sinning that happens when we stay separated from God and we just ah oh, he'll do it he'll do it it's okay you just keep sinning that's not how he wants you to live he wants you to live more connected. So Paul says uh, I come back to the illustration the great reimagination. <clears throat> Paul experienced and he says we're a mess. We're filled with sinful desires. We struggle to live life as God wants us to. However, the Bible gives us practical advice that we can apply so that we can emulate Jesus and reflect him to the world and his followers. And Jesus loves us and wants us to come just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us there. Mm -hmm. He wants us to live a better life. And if we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will change our thinking and our behaviour, and John, uh, James says that the behaviour shows the change is happening. The behaviour is not what saves us. Mm. It's the behaviour shows the change is happening, but the behaviour has to be there. It's a result, not the cause. Correct, mm. correct. So if you want to know more, please get in touch.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, David. It's a great topic, and um, we all need to reflect Jesus more in our lives. Mm. And uh, hopefully, this program has helped us today to do that. Next week, you're going on to a new topic called ambassadors. Mm. And uh, Mm. just give us a two second intro to that one.
1: Two second intros is doing what we've said on a personal level, but in a corporate sense, as in
0: as a church. Right. Awesome. And uh, tomorrow, Carmelina is going to be presenting a program titled Gratitude. Mm. Um, So do join us for that, and I'll be with Carmelina tomorrow as well. Um, I think we've got one book left, so if you haven't claimed the book today, do text us in. The book is A Thoughtful Hour and uh, Living the Beatitudes by Jerry Thomas. Text us in LISTEN8 on 488 880 We hope you enjoy the rest of your day and uh, God is speaking, but are you listening? That's our mm-hmm. challenge for you today. This last song is At the Feet of Jesus by Stephen Curtis Chapman. May God be with you today. Thanks, David. Thanks, Josh. At the feet of
5: Jesus I will lay my burdens down I will lay my heavy burdens down In the stillness I can hear my Savior calling out Come to me and lay your burdens down So I will shame and all the fear I drag around through this life like a ball and chain and I will sing hallelujah to the one who sets me free and you will find me at the feet of Jesus you will find me at the feet In the arms of Jesus I will find my peace and rest I hear him calling, come to me Carried by my shepherd, cradled tightly to his chest. So find dress, So I will rest in the shelter of my savior.